Welcome to the Cross Border Interviews. This is the show where we sit down with local elected leaders from all corners of Canada. Today, we're starting a journey. Now, over the next few weeks, every Friday, we'll be sitting down with a new member of council from one particular community. The focus of our first ever multi-series episodes on the cross-border interviews will focus on none other than the city of Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Today, we are joined by city of Portage La Prairie councillor, Joe Massey. The city of Portage La Prairie has small town charm with rich tapestry of history and natural beauty. Located along the Assiniboine River, the city is a harmonious blend of urban conveniences and rural tranquility. Known as the friendly city, Portage La Prairie embraces a warm community spirit that welcomes both residents and visitors alike. The city's historical significance is evident in the landmarks like the Fort Lorraine Museum, where the past comes to life through exhibits and artifacts. Portage La Prairie also boasts lush parks, including Island Park and Crescent Lake, which makes it a delightful destination that captures the essence of Manitoba's prairie charm. Now, this is cross-border interviews with Councillor Joe Massey. Councillor, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. I want to start at the beginning, and it's kind of a weird question for yourself because you, your entrance into municipal politics goes back than just the 2022 municipal election, but your interest into getting involved in municipal politics goes back almost 23 years now. Where did your sense of duty to serve the municipal realm come from, Joe? Well, you know, as uh, you may know, before I became an elected official, I was the executive director for the association, which covered all 137 municipalities in Manitoba, working with all of them. I did a lot of traveling around and I, and I think, you know, uh, I retired in 2019 and then I, I thought to myself, you know, there, I've learned quite a bit about the municipal sector, which by the way, I have such respect for, and we can talk about that a little bit as the show goes on, but and I wanted, I thought, you know, maybe it's time I really focused on my own community that I've lived here for 25 years, did not have uh, often enough chance to spend time and see the the value and the beauty of our community. And so uh, I was persuaded by a number of people and uh, to to run. And I must say, one of the one people that I talked to and uh, talked to me was our mayor, Cheryl Knox, who was a councillor. And, you know, we had some incumbents not running. We had one, unfortunately, pass away. The incumbent mayor was not running so we were having a number of openings or vacancies of non-incumbents that were going to be elected so uh in talking to her and a number of other people and getting a feel for what was really important in the community i i bought into the agenda that that she was running on and that i felt strongly about in our community and that we needed to uh make sure we addressed in our community uh, there was a lot of good in our community, but I, I, I also I, I wasn't unhappy. It wasn't I was run, wasn't running because I was unhappy or had a, some axe to grind with the previous council. I was very happy with a lot of their work, but I wanted to add value and hopefully leave a legacy for my community uh, after uh, my time in office. So that was what motivated me, and I talked to a few other key people who are very honest and frank with me and would give me an unvarnished opinion if I ran what would happen. And they were all very supportive and thought I could uh, win and do a good job. So the last, of course, uh, most important consultation was my wife and made sure that she was okay with it because I had been away for so many, so often in the past in my work. And then the decision was made. So that that's how I came to, to really want to serve my community, Chris. And I think that's what many municipal people 
enter elected office for. So uh, I was very pleased I've done it. Uh, I, I made that decision. So for the majority of people who are listening to this from the province of Manitoba, they probably know your name. They probably have yes. seen your face. They probably yeah. have seen you in their council chambers from time to yes. time. I've got to ask sort of a weird question. <clears throat> what got you in, interested in municipal politics 20 years ago to say, I want to take on the role of, as executive director of AMM? Because that is through a time, and we're looking back at the 90, almost at the early late, late 90s, early 2000s at this time. This is a sort of transformational time in municipal politics, not only in Manitoba, but across Canada. What was going on for you to say, okay, I want to help municipalities out, and the best way I can do that is through the executive director job? That's a good question. I uh, Before becoming becoming the executive director, I had a job with the provincial government. I actually was in charge of our disaster assistance program, so I had a lot of interaction with municipalities uh, during floods, fires, uh, tornadoes, and uh, obviously not a, a, a happy time for them at the time when I would meet with them, but... I was so impressed at how they took on the issues of protecting their community, uh, how they wanted to uh, make sure that they got reimbursed in a fair way to rebuild their community. And I just found the, uh, the municipal sector did so much with uh, so little at time resources. They don't have often, a lot of them don't have big staffs. They are, uh, they are working uh, very hard for their community. So I, when the opportunity came up that I could go to the association, I, I really wanted to continue in the municipal sector and see how I can help them. Uh, we're primarily we're a lobby group, an advocacy group, so I wanted to make sure uh, things that I saw, uh, what they needed, were addressed, and policies and financial programs. So, uh, and I knew, you know, it's a funny thing when you go around the province. I was so uh, impressed with a lot of councils; they're just very direct frontline people and they they take it on the chin from the residents when they people are not happy you don't get a lot of compliments but you know at the end of your term people come up to you and they say sometimes you know i really enjoyed uh, and appreciated what you did in, in this in our community so it just was a motivation that i just felt it was a sector that really could use some help and i felt i had some of the knowledge to bring that forward to the association municipalities have changed a lot over the last 20 years in, in Manitoba alone. And I, I kind of uh, ask this in a weird way because you've been on both sides of the table in some sense as the uh, executive director and then as a council member. Right. Um, what's been the biggest change that you have noticed in your tenure working in the municipal realm that you look back on and you say, you know what? I, I was complaining about it in the early 2000s. I wish it was that way now because we, we had it so well in some sense, but now we're dealing with a lot more issues. What's that sort of change that you sort of look back on? You say, we, we've come through a lot of challenges over as municipalities. Right. That's a good question, Chris. You know, uh, when I started with the association, you know, a lot of council meetings were, you know, once a month, they were, you know, you did a little bit of work in between council meetings, but it was really... Uh, you know, considered a job that was, you know, you could do it and still have, you know, do other things. And 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 what's happened, I think, is both because of, uh, in some cases, more downloading over the years to municipalities. Uh, some of the resources they've been given maybe have not kept up. Uh, they're doing more with less. And, I, and I, you know, FCM did that major study that showed, you know, out of every tax dollar raised in Canada, municipalities get about eight, nine, ten cents across Canada. And it's to do policing, recreation, uh, all these key things that matter to people. 
The other big change I, I've seen, Chris, of course, and we've all seen it, uh, is social media. Uh, it is uh, quite amazing, uh, and I've and I've talked to municipal councillors and mayors and Reeves about this. The social media aspect, uh, people, they're under the microscope. There is a lot of times people don't want to run because it is very tough on social media, sometimes unfair, I think. Uh, and so I've seen the social media increase, and in some cases, almost be very destructive uh, to people running for office. It can be very personal attacks and and I, I think you know you're in the media business. There's there's a real big change in social media that we never had to deal with social media. And did you, uh, did you have to outweigh that when you decided to run? So when you decided to put your name forward in 2022, mm -hmm. did you have to weigh? Okay, am I prepared for? And I and I and I, I ask this question not trying to paint a broad stroke. And please do not think that I am anyone who's listening to this, but the rise of social media abuse, the rise of social media hate, the vitriol, vitriol that we see on social media is now being aimed at more municipal councillors than it was ever in the last 20 right. years that I would even say. Um, when you decided to run in 2022, did you weigh that pro and con and say, am I up for this ability to listen to people just anonymously attack me for something that I voted on? It did cross my mind. I saw I saw it firsthand at the association. Some of the the, the, the difficult times councils went dealing with social media, but I thought at the end, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I've lived in Portage La Prairie twenty five years. I think for the vast majority of people here uh, that I've seen, and even the current social media that council does get, I think a lot of it is good. It's positive. It's uh, it's fair. There are there is an element that gets nasty, and I think that's. Uh, but I think this council and our mayor are, are very focused on trying to help our community and grow in a positive way, and are dealing with listening to the people that really want to make their community better. But it is a factor when anyone considers it. I know, uh, and I'll be very frank. I think at times I saw at the association for uh, women who want to run in municipal politics. I think they particularly at times have a very difficult time with social media, people on uh, social media attacking them. And I think that 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 people are going into municipal politics for, for good reasons overall. They're not there to hurt their community. They're not benefiting. They really want to improve. Because for the most part, they're not full-time. They are there to serve their community and hopefully make it better. So, but it is a factor, Chris, and anybody running in it. it certainly crossed my mind when I thought about it and the impact it would have on my family and, and so on. But so far, I must say it's been overall very positive uh, for our council. Now, you were roughly about 16, 17 months into your first term in office, being first elected in 2022. We're recording this in February of 2024. For those who are listening to this a few years or even a year from now, we're recording this in 2024. Uh, looking back on your first few months in office so far, and I say few months because it's relatively few for some people I have chatted with, um, is it what you expected? Because you have a unique uh, ability to answer this question because you, you've seen the other side. You've seen councils go through these decision-making. Now that you're on the other side of the table, you are the one making these decisions. Right. Is it as sort of, is it what you expected at the end of the day, looking back on it so far? Yes and no. Uh, the, the yes part is I, you know, I sort of know, knew how municipalities operated and, and I had a good sense of the municipal act and the, the various acts. Uh, not so much on the individual uh, aspects of City of Portage La Prairie in terms of our issues. I knew some of them, but I, you know, I was dealing at AMM on a very province-wide basis, a very uh, you know big picture look at the municipalities. 
So I had to learn a lot of the finances. I had to learn a lot of our issues. Some of the things that I was aware of living here, of course, but as a citizen, I wasn't aware of some of the details and challenges of some of the issues. So um, that was one of the things I had to really get up to speed in a hurry. But I, I wasn't going in blind in terms of how municipalities operate and, 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 and the decisions that we had to make. The, you know, as a former staff person, of course, I, I had to always make sure I didn't get, because our council is very much believes we're a governance council. We believe we have a city manager and we have one employee that, that deals with council. So I had to make sure I was not trying to micromanage or try to be a staff person. I, you're, you're exactly right. You're an elected official. You're there to make policy and to make decisions. And I think that was a, for personally, it was a bigger adjustment for me in the, in the first few months to make sure. And I was so pleased when I got on to council to see what a great administrative staff we have. And uh, right from the city manager to our department heads, uh, excellent uh, professional staff. And they come and prepare council with information. And so uh, we get a briefing notes on every issue we bring to council. And it, so I was, it was an easy transition after that to see that we had such good staff that it was, a, it was a lot easier than to just sit back and make sure that I knew my role as a counselor. You have probably had to make some very tough choices around that council table. And I say that because we are out of the global pandemic. And I say out in the sense that we are past the part where it was the worst. And I say that because there are still people still struggling with COVID. Um, we are in an economic situation right now where the world is seeing high interest rates. Inflation is at an all-time high here in Canada. Well, almost at an all-time high. How do you ensure that the votes you make, because you are impacting the residents, the closest to the people, you don't go to Winnipeg, you don't go to Ottawa to do your job, you are right. in your community. How do you ensure that the votes you make are in the best interest of all residents while knowing that you are going to impact the day-to-day -day lives of the people that you've, uh, the motions that you vote on, on the people that live in your community? Well, I think a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, we have the opportunity, uh, all of the council members are very engaged in our community, uh, including the mayor, and they belong to other organizations. They are involved in so many other aspects. And I'll just say on the side, that's why this council, I believe, is so good to work with. They are all people, we all sort of knew each other from other parts of the community. And so then I, when I go to council, I listen to their perspectives and I listen to administration recommendations and I listen uh, to my own, or hear what my, my own thoughts are on things. And, you know, you, I believe up to now we've made good decisions for the people of Portage La Prairie. Uh, last year's budget, for instance, when, as you said, inflation was really high and costs were infrastructure costs. And I'm, not, I'm sure you're well aware and I've heard this from many of your interviews infrastructure costs are, are skyrocketing and we came in with a budget of 1.96 percent uh, to property taxes and that that was to address some continuing growth that we are having in Portage to deal with some of the uh, water issues water treatment issues we're dealing with policing as you may know is, is a huge cost the RCMP costs have continued to to rise uh, so um, I I have felt up to now between listening to the public listening to my colleagues on council uh, and then my own views of what we ran on, uh, on some of us ran on, I, I think the decisions uh, were not easy, but I think we were able to make them in a, in a consensus way, because I think all of us really are community minded and came and live in the community and we're so entrenched in the community. We've all lived here for a number of years. So 
I feel very comfortable that when they speak and I think about the issues that we're coming to the right decision. Do you find that there's engagement within your community? When you go ask people for their opinion on certain issues that are in front of council, uh, if you do, um, do you actually get people wanting to give their feedback to you? Or are you seeing an apathy within municipal politics that I'm seeing across mm -hmm. Canada that people, as long as my water's turned on, my garbage yeah. is picked up, yeah. I'm comfortable with what's going on at City yeah. Hall. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think all I think I think all of us on uh, on council uh, have, on this council have really reached out and tried to engage our citizens. Uh, you're right; uh, it is tough sometimes. You know, they get their tax bill as long as things are okay, generally speaking. And but the one thing I did learn about municipal, and you touched on it earlier, if people have are upset about something and they're they, they're going to speak out. Like a lot of times, you know, they're they may be silent for a number of years, and then all of a sudden there's an issue that and the community really. Will make you aware and i think i find that on municipal issues people really pick and choose the issues that are really important to them and they will let you know when you're off track so uh yeah i, I how important a, is it for you to listen to those people because you at the end of the day understand that you have to go into every council meeting with a clear slate you have to not have a decision made because things could come up Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, we all have unconscious biases. And I say that respectfully to every single municipal politician who comes on this show. You know, and I know that uh, you, every, well, I'm assuming I, I know, I don't know if you know, but we all have our social chambers, right? We all have people that we talk mm -hmm. to and who sort of are, agree with us, who are, are in the, the same opinion on us on certain issues. How important is it for you as a counselor to talk to people who disagree with you and make sure you understand where they're coming from before you do vote on issues? I think it's important to listen. Uh, I actually find it, uh, for me, better to talk to people that may not agree with some things that we're doing, because then I'm getting an unvarnished view. Uh, I just This morning, I ran into somebody who uh, cornered me. Uh, I had another meeting earlier this morning and, you know, uh, talked to me about an issue. And it was, you know, it was someone that I know is when they speak to me, it's unvarnished. It's going to be brutally honest. Uh, but I want to hear from that person. I mean, I have a lot of good friends and you talk to them, oh, you're doing wonderful. You're doing wonderful. And we all love that. It's, but I want to talk to the people that really are very community minded, first of all, and second of all, really are going to give you their straight unvarnished opinion. And I take it into account uh, on an issue if it comes across the council table, but you're right. You have to go in there and use your own judgment too. You are elected to bring your best judgment and best uh, conscious you know the, the, of the issues so uh, I try to do that when you're dealing with planning issues of course you have to be very when you have a hearing you have to be very unbiased and you know what Chris that's what makes municipal tough sometimes you know you are the front line uh, I think in this job I really have noticed it even more at AMM I didn't I didn't appreciate it as much because I was dealing more with councils and not the public as much now that I deal with the public it's it is friends it's people you run into at the grocery store it's people you see at the gas station and if you've made a decision and they're not happy about it you know it's it's it sometimes can be a bit awkward because you've been friends and all of a sudden they say well why did you do that you you know me you know what i'm like you know what i thought about the issue and you have to and is the other principle that you have to follow is the decision of council is ultimately the one you have to defend and I saw at AMM many times, you know, not many, I shouldn't say many, but a number of times council makes a decision and then one councillor decides they're going to continue the debate and 
and, and in public and not support the decision of council. That puts your colleagues in a very awkward position. So I'm a big believer, a very big believer, fundamental believer in supporting the will of council in the end, once I've had my say. So it's tough, but it's tough politics, you know. Someone said to me once, you know, we see you guys every day in the community. I was sometimes, you know, the member of parliament or the member of the legislature. We don't see them all the time. They're in Ottawa or they're in Winnipeg. You said earlier, you see people every day in your role as a municipal official. So it's tough sometimes. The, juris the jurisdiction of the municipality has been changing a lot over the last few years. We have seen, uh, uh, particularly since 2020, with uh, healthcare becoming more of a prominent issue, education becoming more of a prominent issue. And I am seeing a blurring of the jurisdictional lines when it comes to the resident. I, I, I say resident. I don't say all residents. I say some residents. Um, do you agree with that sentiment that people are approaching municipalities to address provincial or federal issues? And how do you as a counselor tell them without sort of being mm -hmm. rude to them that's not my issue? That's a yeah. provincial issue or that's a federal issue. Go talk to your MP or MLA. Or a school board member. Oh, they're you know, school board. Yeah, yeah. get a lot of that too. People are concerned with the education system and come to you and start talking about that. Uh, that's a very, very good point. You you must have been sitting around our AMM board table at times <laughs> because you've hit something uh, that people are looking. They don't always understand. You know, this is a federal, provincial, municipal school. They 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 just want help. Sometimes they just want to get their issue addressed and. The front line is often the municipal council council members. And sometimes you're right, that line is blurred. I know in a number of communities, healthcare is huge. And we've got some small communities, uh, you know, are trying to get doctors, trying to try to prevent their e uh, emergency services from closing. People are going to them and say, what, what are you going to do about this? This is impacting me living in this community. I, I don't have good health care. And, you know, you're right. You don't have jurisdiction over some of those things, but... But you have to at least try to say to them, you're going to take this on. Municipalities are putting money into healthcare issues. There's no question. In Manitoba, I don't know other provinces. We are putting municipal dollars into doctor recruitment. We're putting municipal dollars into provincial highways. We're putting money into, uh, because the public is saying, we want you to help uh, with this issue. We need, we need, we need to address it. And so it, it, it's tough sometimes when it's something clearly non-municipal you have to just tell them that you know you'll work hard to bring it to the government's attention but sometimes you actually have to put dollars into a provincial uh, or a jurisdiction and we've done it in portage we've had to at times uh, but you know what we wanted to do it because we thought the services uh, the service had to be improved and we we, did, we went ahead and did it so it's uh and but then again you know you look in portage of prairie we're getting a new hospital but then there's issues around that there's infrastructure you have to provide and so on so you know you're sometimes uh, these issues in, uh, cross, but you got to do your best. And sometimes you have to put dollars into those issues just to, to address the issue. I, I appreciate that. So I want to turn to segment two now. And for those who have listened to the show, they could probably skip forward about 10, 15 seconds if they want, because they've heard this rant a few times on this show. This is a conversation between the councillor and myself. This is not a motion of council. This is not a direction of council. This is not even a policy of council. This is the councillor's opinion. Now, I'm going to even preamble a little bit more. So for those who listened at the beginning of the show, in my introduction, 
Over the next few weeks, every Friday, we're going to be sitting down with a new member of Portage La Prairie's council. So today we're sitting down with Councillor Massey, who is the chair of the chairperson of the Finance, Legislative and Property Committee for, I'm assuming that's either one or two committees. Uh, the the councillor is about to one, correct me, yeah, yeah. one committee. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that committee and sort of the implications of the Finance and Legislative and Property Committee in Portage the Prairie. And each week we're going to be talking with different chairs and about those certain issues. So with that all now being said, Councillor Massey, because I want to make sure I do this correctly, um, we have talked a, sort of at, a little bit at length here already on the show about the financial situation that municipalities are struggling with. How do you rate Portage the Prairie's financial situation coming into 2024? Because we are almost a month and a half into it. Right. We are very uh, fortunate due to the great work of previous councils, our administration, and now our current council that we have a very good financial, uh, healthy, uh, healthy uh, financial situation in our city. We have good reserves. We've had we've had to do some major investment in things. We've been able to be there at the table when the province has cost sharing programs. Uh, so as we are going to be tabling our budget on February the 12th uh, for 2024, and uh, in there you will see uh, the results of our deliberations. But overall, uh, because as a council and previous councils have planned well, for instance, Saskatchewan Avenue, the largest infrastructure project probably we've ever done, maybe as well as Stride Place, our recreation centre, uh, we've been able, between cost sharing and planning, to not have in the last budget and this upcoming budget, no uh, tax increase associated with that infrastructure project. We had reserves, we were able to get cost sharing. It was a great planning exercise to be able to pay for that project. Uh, so that's the kind of financial success we've had in Portage Prairie. We have our challenges, no question about it. We have, you know, our RCMP costs uh, continue to, to rise. We've had to deal with, you know, some of the back pay for the RCMP. We have major um, upgrade if we want to attract more investment wet industry you know major infrastructure investment we have to make but i i think we've been able to uh balance our financial situation very well here uh portage has always been very modest in its uh, tax increases we've never had these highs and lows and so i think uh, that's just good planning but we continue to have financial challenges that we have to keep we need a good partner in the provincial government uh, as well. And we've had that, uh, we now have finally, we've had no, no longer a freeze on the municipal operating uh, budget. It, it was uh, up last year and uh, uh, there's been some other programs been given to municipalities. So policing grants have gone up. So that's going to be a big, hopefully continue with the provincial government. I want to stick on the financial part of this for a second because I find it fascinating because you, you're you right. I, I look through some old stories and some what's going on in Portage the Prairie prior to this interview, and you guys have relatively quite modest for modest in the terms of municipality property tax increases across this country. And I say across this country because we are seeing right now like 8, 12, even 39% in one community tax oh, wow. increase. Yeah. Um you you and I both know, though, that at the end of the day, you only have a limited supply of money, mm -hmm. and you can only continue on a path of modest increases for some time, because there's going to be a time when the reserves run out, 
hopefully not, and I say that respectfully, and you're going to have to start looking for other funding sources. What does the city need to do for the future of its community to ensure that it doesn't grow on the back of the residents who are currently here? Well, that's a good question. And if I can just, you know, there's one bigger picture look at municipalities revenue that we have to look at first, and that is uh, looking at growth revenues and being able to be part of that. And I know if I can put on, I also sit now on the Federation of Municipalities. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, one of the main things they're looking at, apart from a new infrastructure program, is a revenue growth program for municipalities, whether it be a, uh, when the economy grows, the municipalities get piece of that growth. Because property taxes don't grow with the economy. When you raise property taxes, it's right there on your bill and it's it's there and you have to apply it to the citizens. I think for city of Portage of Prairie, we have to make sure that we're continually planning properly with our, our finances, looking at making sure that uh, we are, we do have healthy reserves, uh, making sure we tap into every possible uh, grant and cost sharing that the province or federal government offers. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, when we have to make a tough decision to improve services or add uh, may pay for a major infrastructure program that we do as much as we can to make sure that we respect people's ability to pay. And that that's a judgment call that elected people have to make. What What is the resources we need to fulfill the mandate we want to do in the coming year? And I think, um, but I think there's a bigger picture here, and that is we do need as municipalities another source of revenue. It, it, it just, you know, property taxes are only so much you can do. And you mentioned earlier our jurisdictions. We are getting involved in healthcare. We're getting involved in money for provincial roads, provincial snow clearing. We are, we are being asked to do more, and our citizens are wanting more. And you know, again, they don't care if it's federal, provincial. Just get it done. And I think that's part of what we're we as city council are trying to do. And I think uh, you know, in our upcoming budget, we'll probably be showing that we we did make some investments, even though. Uh, maybe they were not directly municipal issues. We did it to improve the services of the people of Portage La Prairie. I am 90% sure if Scott Pierce is listening to this right now, <laughs> Mayor P Scott Pierce from president of FCM is probably very happy that you just mentioned the keywords that he FCM has been throwing around lately. So thank you so much for that. And Scott, look at that. We do talk about taxes on this show. <laughs> um, I want to ask because it is, you, you mentioned something just in that statement that kind of perked my ears the best for the community. And I and I understand you want the best for your community. And I quote Star Trek more often on this show than I probably bear to even acknowledge, but here we are. Um, how do you balance the needs of the many against the needs of the few? Because if I go talk to 100 people in Portage the Prairie today, they will all give me 100 different issues. There may be some small issues, micro issues, potholes, service levels, uh, park upgrades, but you as the end of the day have to look at every issue as a community-wide issue. How do you ensure that the taxes you are spending are being spent in a way that everyone feels like their tax dollars are being spent properly, but beneficial to the people who are, uh, without getting into the weeds, I should say, beneficial to all the people of your community who are paying yeah. those taxes? That's a, that's a very good question, and I can answer it one in one way. This council uh, has put together a very visionary strategic plan, and you're going to see over the next few years, uh, it has five main elements to it, uh, and 
a lot of the things that we're going to be spending money on and that we are very committed to are going to go right back to that strategic plan because that strategic plan was a consultation of our public uh, the person that did it was a uh, consulted with the public came in a few days earlier met with our council we had a very intensive session so we feel that the priorities of our strategic plan reflect the vast majority of our citizens and reflect the will of council and i think that's how we are looking at spending from uh, going forward uh, we talk about quality of life community safety was a big issue in the campaign that's in our our strategic plan Tourism, showcasing our community, economic opportunity, and then finally inclusive and informed community, looking at our Indigenous partners and immigration and so on. So a lot of our, you'll see uh, if you, on February 12th, uh, listen to our budget, uh, it will always, a lot of the things in there spending-wise will reflect our strategic priorities. So as an elected official, that really helps me a lot, and as finance chair, to be able to tell the public we're spending these dollars, uh, your dollars, and it goes right back to the strategic plan that you helped us create. So uh, I feel very confident that we're we're on the right track that way. Now, this episode is going to be airing on February 16th. For those who are listening to this on February 16th, uh, the link to that budget meeting, because I know Portage La Prairie does stream live their council meetings, yeah. will be in the show notes. So if you want to check out what the councillors is talking about there, scroll down and check it out because I would highly recommend it. I've watched a few of their council meetings and it's probably mm -hmm. one of the most engaging and interesting ones that I watch on a regular basis. So there, wow. there's my there's my little wow. plug because I'm one of those weird people who actually watches the entire six hour council <laughs> meetings across this country. <laughs> I'm probably one of the few, but yeah. um, before I let we turn to the last segment, because I am cautious of time here. Mm -hmm. um, what is the legislative property committee? What is the, that part of the finance committee that we haven't talked about here? Because everyone has different opinions on what a legislative uh, property committee or legislative and property. Is it just buildings you own, property that you own, or is mm -hmm. it the legislative side, like the policies and the procedures yeah. that the council is governed by? Yeah, it's uh, the legislative is, uh, you know, when there's legislation brought in by the province uh, or anything dealing with the provincial or, fe or federal that, uh, you know, it's brought forward through my committee and uh, analysis is done and how it impacts uh, our city. And then we have a discussion, we'll take a position on it. Uh, the property, I think, is mostly the, the tax sales of property. It's a, it's a more administrative thing. It's collecting of uh, taxes on tax sale and that type of thing. And it, it comes oh, okay. Can I talk about municipal federal relationships with the, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sorry, the federal provincial and municipal relationships for a second as the uh, legislative uh, committee chair a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. what, what do you think the state is of the relationship between the federal government and the municipalities? And I say Portage the Prairie or even the province and Portage the Prairie is today. The, you mean like the federal and municipal specifically more yeah, so? federal yeah. Uh, municipal or even provincial municipal oh. relationship because okay. uh, you have a new government in uh mm -hmm. winnipeg right now so there's going to be a few changes compared to the pcs to the ndp yeah. um is portage Prairie looking forward to seeing what the future holds for uh sort of what the relationship is going to be built on because they were just right. elected just like literally last year <laughs> Right. Well, on the provincial uh, municipal, I can say uh, uh, very clearly that I think our city, uh, both our mayor and our city manager in particular, have established a great rapport with the new government. As a matter of fact, last week, we had four cabinet ministers out to Portage Prairie, some MLAs, 
Uh, we had a really, and we didn't bombard them. You know, everybody's got a hundred issues. We bombarded them with a few very key issues. And uh, it was great to have that audience, including the, the Minister of Municipal Relations uh, was in attendance. So, yes, Mr. Bushy, <laughs> Minister Bushy. Yes, he was. And uh, so I think we've gotten off to a really good start. We've had a few announcements uh, with the provincial government about uh, Azure, the company that uh, may be coming to Portage of Prairie. Uh, looks very positive. So we've had announcements there and with the federal government as well. So I think the, the first number of months with the new provincial government have been excellent for the city of Portage. And that goes to big credit to our mayor and our city manager who have uh, opened those doors with the province and, uh, and got us in the door uh, fairly quickly to, to look at our issues. On the municipal federal, sorry. No, go the, ahead. That's what I was going to ask. It was about yeah. uh, just before we turn to the last segment. What about the federal municipal right. relationship? Well, you know, I, I, as a member of the FCM board, of course, we have a very strong role to play with the federal government. And, you know, on, and on some files, the federal government works directly with municipalities. And it's great. The gas tax, the former gas tax program, the community and uh, community building program, excellent program that the feds rolled out uh, to all municipalities a number of years ago. I was deeply involved in that uh, through the AMM. Um, and then other issues, they work through the province and you have to sort of then deal with your provincial government, which as you know, across Canada can be in some cases very good and in some cases not as good, you know, for municipalities. So um, the relationship with the federal government right now, I would say is pretty good. We have a very uh, good access. Uh, I, um, it, we just had our big advocacy days in Ottawa, uh, the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, and we talked to 150 board member or members of parliament. Uh, I know we have meetings with ministers, including the prime minister from time to time. So the relationship is there, but it's it's a bit, you have to be careful because there's the constitution and we are, municipalities are creatures of the province. So, yeah. uh, but it's, uh, I think right now the relationship, uh, but you know, as I said earlier, like it, the big the big test right now is we are trying to get the federal government to look at a, a growth a revenue growth program for municipalities, and that's going to involve negotiations with the province ultimately. So it's a it's a complex country we live in at times uh, with the different uh, orders of government. Amen to that, Mister. <laughs> Amen to that, Councillor. I want to turn to my last subject because it's my favorite subject on the show. And as someone who has visited your beautiful city and has toured, got sort of the semi-dime tour in August because I, I walked down Main Street, saw Saskatchewan Avenue sort of being uh, renovated, uh, went to your city hall. It was on a Saturday, so it was closed. I went to Crescent Lake. What are some of the hidden tourism spots in your community that someone should visit if they're ever coming through Portage the Prairie? Well, we've got a lot to offer. Uh, let me first say that on tourism, it was quite an eye-opener for me on our approach to tourism. Uh, we have uh, what we call our regional tourism approach here in Portage. So we look at the city, the rural municipality as a region that tourism can benefit. And uh, you might be interested to know, and uh, this month we're going to be having a, a rollout of, a, of a, a, a tourism impact assessment that we made, that we've done that we're going to roll out sort of the value of tourism in this region. And it's a, a special event in February to launch the findings of that strategy. So it's going to be a, a, a real good opportunity to see. And I mean, it's going to show pre the preliminary numbers are very good in terms of showing the economic value of tourism. So as a council, uh, I think we support it very much through our uh, regional economic development corporation, the importance of tourism. And in fact, we now have full-time coordinator hired just to deal with tourism in our community. Um, 
we've got, you know, some real gems. I mean, the island itself, you know, with our stride place, our recreation center, we want to really showcase that and get people to go there. There's, there's ski trails on there, walking paths. It's a beautiful area to go and, and, and take in and then be able to access our, rec our beautiful recreation center. Crescent Lake is a, is a real jewel. We've had, uh, we've had some, uh, lights for skating on the Crescent. We've done, we've done, uh, we've, we're really trying to also promote our downtown and making, uh, bring in some, maybe some new businesses downtown to make it more of a place. You can maybe go from the Island to our downtown, walk around the downtown and make it a really interesting place to, to look at. We've got, you know, we've got opportunities out in the, out in there in the rural areas. There's commercial fishing, there's fishing, uh, ice fishing. There's uh, beautiful areas out there to, to do that. So, there's a lot to do here, you know, and it's just, you have to just come and explore it. We've, we've hosted some big events. I mean, I, this is one area that I, I, as an elected official, I was just so impressed how our community does this because that, we had the Centennial Cup, for instance, this year. We hosted that across Canada junior tournament uh, championship, and I volunteered, and I was amazed at what a smooth operation these volunteers did. A, a Canadian 10-team tournament across Canada. We hosted the 55-plus seniors games here um you know we've done some big events here and i think we just seem to do it with this incredible group of people and volunteers that put these together and uh, the comments we get back are just great uh, from the experience so i remember i on the team i hosted one of the teams and uh this was the liaison for them and one of the players said god i wish we had an arena like this it was just like going into an nhl arena you know for for them they're used to playing in some interesting places and to come to Portage and see that beautiful facility and overlook the Crest, Crescent uh, Crescent Lake it, it is quite a so, you know it's uh you uh, you've been here you said Chris you were I was you, I was yeah. there in August of last yeah. year and I will be okay. back in April after the AMM conference I will be making a little okay. bit of a tour through uh, Central East uh, Manitoba to go visit some of the communities that have come on the show again so uh, Portage the Prairie is on my stop to make sure I stop in and get actually a better tour and hopefully when I'm at right. AMM we can see each other but yes. afterwards we can go grab a coffee in Portage the Prairie as well. You bet well thanks so that's great chris that you'll be able to come here and uh yeah hopefully we even have more things to share with you at that time so we'll look forward so, to seeing before i let you go because i i'm cautious of time here i want to ask one million dollar question at the beginning of the interview we started talking about you and who you are in the role of counselor we're ending by talking about the city of porters la prairie as a whole mm -hmm. but i want to ask sort of a unique question because i think every municipal politician knows how to answer this question but it's always great to hear it. What makes the city of Portage the Prairie such a unique place to live, to work, and to raise a family? Wow. How much time you got left? <laughs> as uh, long as you want. I'll no, just go grab I'll a try. cup of water. You go for it. I'll, I'll be succinct. I hope to be. Because I, I could say so much. I um, I grew up in, in the city of Winnipeg. I enjoyed it. had a great upbringing. Had some of my career there. And, and when I moved to Portage, it... it it really hit home in, over the last number of years. We are this beautiful community, island on the prairies, that has a lot of the amenities people look for, has an incredible volunteer base, but is close enough to both Winnipeg or Brandon if you want to go and visit those communities fairly quickly. 
And you have all this opportunity to have, I, I call it the small town living, but with a lot of the good amenities. And we are growing as a city. I, I want to say we're, you know, this, we're, we're growing. And so we have to always be cognizant of that. But we have this opportunity. And it's one of those things that people all know one another. And yet we're a city. We're, you know, we're a diverse city. We have a lot of, uh, uh, that's another strength. I just, you know, is the diversity. We are really attracting some diverse population into our city that are making Port La Prairie their home. Uh, we've got great healthcare facilities. We've got uh, good tourism, a beautiful recreation opportunity, some great green space. I mean, we are building the city that I think is going to be the livable city for people, down, and yet have all the small town amenities that you can you can get around very quickly and get to to where you need to go uh, very quickly. So, you know, every municipality you could say has their own gems and strengths, and I, I don't. This is not to put anyone down or anything. It's to say. This city is such a unique city that it has the small town feel, but it has so much to offer. And I, I think when you have that combination and you can get around very quickly and you can run into people. I used to drive around the Crescent before I was elected and I'd run into the mayor walking his dog and I'd get off my bike and we'd chat about whether it could be city issues or could do catching up on things. You know, where else can you sort of at 10 o'clock at night meet the mayor and just have a chat uh, on the on the Crescent Lake, you know, on the trail. So it's it's just got that feel that it is, it really is home for me. And, and I feel it. And I, that's why I ran it just, it's home is where the heart is. And this is where my heart is right now. Counselor, um, Joe, I want to thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. Um, I am very cautious that you are a busy person with everything going on in Portage of the Prairie. So thank you so much for doing this, but also thank you so much for serving your community. I do not think municipal politicians hear that enough. I think you are the most important level of government in our society, but I don't think you guys get the kudos that you deserve. So thank you so much for serving and thank you so much for being part of a great community. And I'm so looking forward to being back in Portage the Prairie later on this spring. Well, and, and I want to also thank you, Chris, for doing this show. This is a great show to highlight communities across Canada and to talk to municipal elected officials from their hearts sometimes, you know, and when your questions are really important issues for municipalities, but thank you for doing the show. We need more of this to highlight this great sector that we call municipal government. <laughs> now, if today's episode sparked your interest, hit that subscribe button now. Stay in the loop with all our diverse content covering everything from municipal affairs to our in-depth cross-border interviews and even our eye-opening exploration of local governance in the political trenches, local government at work. Now, we are your go-to platform for comprehensive municipal coverage, committed to keeping you well-informed as well as well-engaged. Now, your support is also the backbone of our growth and maintenance of this top-notch content that you have come to love. Now, if you can, consider backing the show. Every contribution, big or small, amplifies the depth and the breadth of the programming. Find the support page link on the Cross Border Interviews website. Until next time, stay informed, stay engaged, and remember, just keep talking. 